0: The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Jeremiah, what's going on, man? What's
1: up, dude? Great to be talking to you again. We make this joke every month.
0: I know it's been a while.
1: <laughs> uh, do you think uh, that,
0: no, I was just going to ask. Do you think that um, people get sick of listening to us to sit here and rant at the first of these episodes?
1: people i always get good feedback on it actually i feel like i always forget that people actually listen to the conversations i feel like like when i have a guest interview not that you're on a guest actually we're talking about that uh brian borstein and aaron when they came on i was like brian you're the most common recurring guest and he's like no way dude Chaz backman is on there literally like every month <laughs> <laughs> i don't think really him a guest anymore um I don't know. I, sometimes I like look back at these in the fuck. I feel like we just talked about so much random shit. Hopefully people enjoyed that. But it, I feel, I've never gotten negative feedback on it. And I've always gotten decent feedback, like good feedback on it, I would say.
0: Yeah. Like for me, the most enjoyable episodes that I listen to of other people's podcasts that I really just genuinely enjoy are mm-hmm. conversations between others. Like just kind of bullshitting back and forth, talking about obviously useful stuff, but just chit chat back and forth, I think is just a breath of fresh air in podcasts because it's so easy to get down the rabbit hole of information, more information and more information. You know what I mean? And I was down that rabbit hole really for my first hundred episodes of the show, like thinking I need to, I needed to establish myself as an expert and like an authority of like, I know what I'm talking about when really the longer that I've been doing this, the more I realize if I just show up authentically, as myself and just have a conversation, you know what I mean? That the feedback I get and the enjoyability of the listeners is so much higher. And my, honestly, the people, the amount of downloads that I've gotten since I've taken that break and come back now with a different mentality towards it, the podcast has grown exponentially faster than it had beforehand for whatever that reason is. But probably because honestly, my Following on TikTok grew quite a bit when I was off. And then I've been pushing it through TikTok. So maybe that's part of it too. But um, besides the point, like I found that I enjoy recording these much more when I go into them and just focus on being more authentic. And for me, like being authentic and just being myself, this might sound weird, but like it's a skill that I've almost had to build. Not not a skill, but just like a, a comfortability level with myself you know what i mean that i've had to be okay with not worrying about other people judging like who i am when i'm relaxed and just chilling and hanging out and having a conversation as opposed to like thinking i need to show up as this authority figure that isn't authentic to me just like we were talking about joking with the ig story that i did with the question with the guy that asked about how late or how to wake up in the morning and just say set an alarm like that's just me that's what i would say to my best friend you know what? that's just who i am and so sometimes you have to let that out and just be who you are for the longevity purposes and mental health of being able to do it long term and in, in my opinion
1: no for sure dude i would say that my least favorite episodes i've recorded and probably least enjoyable episodes are for sure the ones where it's like i have a guest on and i'm trying to also establish myself as an authority right like yeah i i, I think that like when I first started podcasting, I was like, fuck, like, I feel so dumb compared to all my guests. I don't know how. And I felt very much like felt like I had to. Whereas now, like I – and I was for a while not interviewing me, very many people at all. And now I've been back on it. And it's like I enjoy those conversations so much because I feel like I'm just like – I don't have to like, oh, yeah. And I also have such a deep understanding of exactly mm. what you're talking about. Let me insert myself here. It's like I can just like ask the questions that I think you're interested in and like learn so much from those. Or like our conversations here where it's – and I think too like some of that is like we click well and like just comfortable to talk, especially because we've been doing this for so long. We've hung out together a lot in person and whatnot as well. Um, No, dude. Hopefully people take value from it. Um, Yeah. I don't know.
0: How's your training going? We talked in the last episode just in terms of like the diet and everything you have going on there. But in terms of just training, how's that going with the garage gym? Now it's getting hot where you're at too what's that like
1: uh, it's not bad honestly man I, lo- I love like a shirtless garage session <laughs> <Just> a- <laughs> when i first
0: up <laughs> <laughs> the garage door and the the steam comes flailing out it's not bad. <laughs>
1: it is pretty fucking hot in there but we yeah. have a fan like it's such a small area that uh it's it cools down super quickly so if you just turn on the fan like it's fine um yeah dude it's been like it's 100 here pretty early in the day already so it's definitely getting warm here i love it dude i i just love like some hot ass weather i'm so so for when it's like over hover consistently but no that's insane training's been good man um i've been following a push pull lower split for what since like last august uh and i'm similar to what you're talking about though it's like a it's on it's not on the gregorian calendar it's like every eight days i've done six training days right so it's normally Uh i'll take I'll actually – because it works best for work, I'll take Mondays and Thursdays off. So it always is like kind of – my schedule is like a little bit different every week with what days I'm training when. But um, that's been solid. I'm kind of thinking I might actually switch back to like a five training day split, like an upper, lower, upper, lower, upper. Because I do feel like there with that split, one thing is like lower body isn't like this. There's not like a gap in recovery. Like, lower body, I feel like, okay, it's more or less recovered, and I hit it again. But upper body, I feel like, like, chest chest and back, most everything for me, upper body, like, by the time I train it again, I almost feel like it's been, like, okay, I've been fully recovered here for probably one to two days, and almost, like, going to an upper, lower, upper, lower, upper split would probably be a little bit more productive in that regard because you're basically training things again as soon as they're recovered does that make sense
0: yeah you're not giving it as much time to be fully recovered so you're breaking it down sooner quicker
1: yeah for sure so i, I mean well it's like basically like we want to for growth we want we don't want to train a muscle before it and it's kind of debatable but we don't we want a muscle to be more or less fully recovered when we yeah. train it again. But we also don't want there to be a, like a long lapse before the next time you train it right now it seems like there's like one to two days where it's like fully recovered before i train it again so i'm probably gonna talk to steve about like with my next building phase again like three to four weeks left on the diet and then probably like that aligns perfectly with the next muscle cycle it'll start probably switching back to like a five day per week upper lower split um but got dumbbells for the gym on the well nice not on the way yet Dude, that I've been amazed at how much shit we've been able to squeeze in there.
0: <laughs> That's insane. I saw the photos of it the other day and you've got it maneuvered all perfectly. What um where'd you get the dumbbells from?
1: From Rogue. It's nice. like so what? five through going gonna get you went five
0: through a hundreds? Yeah, bro. And Damn, like a dumbbell Dude, you've out. got a lot of money in that little garage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I walk by that, I'm like I'm like scoping it out to like make sure that no one's like out here trying to break in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so dumb dude um one of my biggest fears for real no dude it's I, i'm st- i am stoked for that uh it'll be nice to have those we'll see how well that fits because we're gonna have like a full
0: dumbbell rack that's what i was gonna say you're gonna have space for the rack have you like have you figured all that out or you're just gonna make uh, it work when it gets here
1: i spent so many hours thinking about this i got this uh, <laughs> it'll be a tight squeeze. It's so funny like when i got that leg like, curly extension, i was like damn this gym is so full. I'm not gaining anything else. Katie's like, yeah. <laughs> Yes, you are. And then it was like the belt squat, the dumbbell rack. Now it's like, Man, I kind of wish I had like a hack squat too, a pendulum squat. Yeah, pendulum squat. That, that I would love to have access to one of those, dude. Yeah,
0: same. So would I. I, uh, yeah, I don't have one of those. When I m- make our next move, whatever we do, like build a house, whatever it is, that's what I would really, really like to do is build a house and either Build out a third um, space in the garage. It's like a, a taller space that's a little bit deeper than the, than the two-sectional part of the garage. that has the two cars and then like the bigger place. They make garages like that. Have you ever seen an RV? Like the two, gra- oh, yeah. the two doors and they've got the RV door to the side that's higher and a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. I, I want to build a garage like that and then put the gym in that big, like, the big taller, deeper section oh, yeah. of the garage. That's my... That's my dream. That's what I want to do in our next house, if if we ever get to that point.
1: No, dude, I love like a like warehouse field gym where it's like uh like you'll have like the garage doors. Uh, no, that's how like that's and you know this. That's like exactly more or less like what I want to do as well. Have you guys looked at houses back home?
0: No, no, not really looking at anything. I've looked at land. I've looked at a lot of land there. We don't know what we're doing. I've looked at land there. I've been looking at land here. We're we're so up Uh, in the air. Yeah, just like figuring out what our next move from here will be. Clara, like we talked about last time, Clara really loves it here. I don't like the heat. Like today's the first day where we're just sitting at 100 degrees and I'm just like – in the dirt. I feel like I'm in the desert and there's, I just like the mountains. I like it to be a little bit cooler. So it's not my favorite. I, I love St. George and I love being here, but that piece of it isn't my favorite. So who knows? We don't know what we're doing. We haven't made any decisions. I've, I've been looking at land there. I've been looking at houses here, just looking on both spectrums, trying to figure out what the heck we're going to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, we've been looking at houses, but like, since we've gotten here, it seems like I don't I didn't keep up with the housing market before so I don't know what it was like. It's
0: insane right now.
1: But I know that like the houses we were looking at before are like like January of 2020 and like January 2021 were like another 400 300 400 dollars yeah. which is kind of wild. Um so that's that's been interesting but yeah. Uh,
0: what are your guys' what, plans there long term? Like what are our um is Scottsdale the spot? Like that's where you guys want to be long term? Yeah,
1: we're in North Scottsdale. We love it here so much, dude. Like we're going been, nowhere. No, and it, that's like we both love it here so much. I don't think I could be happier anywhere. That's else.
0: awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um,
1: so no, we're for sure. Like we're gonna buy a house within the next couple of years. I would say probably within the next year. Straight up, like when I think about a house, I just think about like having a way bigger garage. Which I, than a house <laughs> honestly i think if it goes on for too much longer like if it's not within the next six to eight months i'll probably start looking for a space to lease to like, get to like a gym area to yeah. lease kind of what you were looking at because it just sounds dope i don't know i'm just yeah. excited i do, I want to be able to expand that like have a bigger content creation studio one and also but yeah dude, we're gonna be parents as well
0: i heard about this <laughs> i heard about this when I guess, are you due or when are you getting the baby?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I hit my parents with that too. I was, I FaceTimed them and I was like, Hey, like, <laughs> I, need, I need to talk to you guys. And I don't know how to say this. So like I had my mom group, and my dad and I was like, I don't know how to say this, but I'm just going to so tell you guys, we're going to be parents. And my mom was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like-. I wasn't sure how they're taking it and I was like, to a dog. <laughs> so no, our, our dog is. I actually have probably talked about him on the podcast before. We thought we were gonna get a boy named Pablo, but that's what
0: I thought too. That's what you told me.
1: Yeah, but the litter has been the litter was all girls apparently. So we're getting oh, girls. Dang. uh We're so for it though. So we pick her up July tenth, I think. Nice. Yeah. So we're set you got for a name that. Inigo. Inigo. Have you seen the movie The Princess Bride?
0: No, I don't know who's in it. I the, have pr- no the princess bride is I'm it like, a, is it a cartoon
1: sounds like it's like a disney cartoon but it's not it's like a I'm trying to think of a movie to even related it to it's it's from probably the 70s or 80s it's like it's a hilarious movie uh i don't even know how to explain it
0: what's the dog's name tell me the dog's name again inigo inigo yeah hmm. it's a, it's a very movie. it's a very unique name
1: it's like this Spanish. It's it's so hard to explain, dude. To you. you just would have to watch the movie and you would understand. Maybe uh, I've seen
0: it. I'm so terrible when it comes to movies. Like people ask those questions. Have you seen this movie or that movie? It's like hell, probably. But I'm gonna have to like look at the show to know if I've seen it or not.
1: What is your all time favorite movie?
0: Oh, that's a terrible question. I'm not like the the culture of movies and music. Like it's never been my expertise like you ask me any question about sports or anything back in the day like i can give you answers just like that but if you start talking like a favorite movie or like a favorite song i really don't have you mean like
1: movies you really 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 enjoyed
0: three movies i have really enjoyed yeah um this one doesn't count but I, i just watched yellowstone i love that That's not like a movie, that's a series, but um, I love that. That was part of the reason that I almost want to move back to Idaho. I was like, damn, I miss the country. (laughs) So I love that. Um, Another movie I really liked, I was super into sports growing up. Basketball was my main jam. So I I really loved um, Coach Carter. I love that show. And then, um, I don't know, a third one. I did really love um, – this is another Kevin Costner, which I, I love Kevin Costner. I think he's freaking dope. Um, For the Love of the Game, which was a baseball show. I really like that show too. I don't know. If, and then he's got a, one of the he was a golfer in too. I just like Kevin Costner probably because I've, I've uh, just watched Yellowstone, so that's really all I can think of. But there's a golf <laughs> one too, and I can't think of what it was called. For the Love of the Game was baseball, and then there was a golf one that he was in the U.S. Open or something. I can't remember what that was called. But those are the ones that come to mind. But again, like – you tell me three favorite movies. I don't have them. I don't know. It's weird.
1: You're not know, like someone that like, has your list of like, these are all my favorite things.
0: No, nah, I'm not that way. Like, I'm in the moment, like thinking what's next, not what I've done and, and really enjoyed. It's like, what's next? You know what I mean? I've just never been that way. I don't know. It's weird.
1: Fair enough. Huh. Okay. What are yours? My, my favorite movie is easily Django Unchained.
0: Django Unchained? I've never is- even seen that show. Is that with um, Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it.
1: S- such a good movie dude so really
0: violent.
1: oh yeah it's, it's super good
0: hmm, I'll have to watch uh,
1: it. very, yeah very very violent i don't i don't know why i just love that movie so much i've probably seen that movie like 10 times um yeah i don't really pass that i don't know You're i'm not no like mind? a big, like, show or tv guy
0: um, i'll watch a like a series if a series comes on that i like like don't talk to me for a few days because every moment that I'm not working or do something else, I'll get done with work and I'll just go sit on the couch and start watching the show until I finish the whole thing. That's um, yeah, so I don't do it very much. Like One of the series that I really enjoy, th- they're all sports ones. I, I always like the sports ones because that's what I resonated with and hungry, uh, you know? the most. Yeah, um, Friday Night Lights. Did you ever watch the Friday Night Lights series?
1: I couldn't get into it, dude.
0: You didn't like it? See, I um, love that one too. I couldn't stop watching it. Remember the
1: Friday Night Lights movie? Friday Night Live Lights,
0: the movie.
1: I, I loved love him. that. Like high school football. I remember, like, did you guys have two-a-days? Did you play football? Oh, yeah. In high
0: yeah. Football, okay. basketball, baseball. I played. Yeah, we did all of it.
1: Like, two-a-days between, like, sessions, like, watching that movie so many times that when he, like, gets stopped at, like, the half-yard line, just chokes you up a little bit every time. Yeah.
0: What, um, what position did you play in football?
1: Um, I was a D end
0: Did you play in high school, too? Like, all, all through high school? Yeah, just through high school. Oh,
1: that's dope. Well, I
0: suppose. What, I what were, that. did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Football, I played um, safety and receiver.
1: Oh, shit. Really, we had to play both
0: ends, dude. We were, I was fast back in the day. Decently athletic, decent, like not super fast or like crazy athletic, but, but I was from a small place. So like if you were decent, you were usually considered good. You know what I yeah. mean? But like not good enough to go play college or anything, but like for our small town, you know? Yeah. Okay. It was fun. So,
1: um, cool. You want to get into some questions? Yeah. Why don't we go first? Yep. Let's get it.
0: All right. Number one, how long should I want to, or excuse me, how long should I wait to lower calories when dieting? I'm two weeks into my diet currently.
1: I mean, it, it really depends. Um, it depends on if you're losing or not. I mean, so is she saying like she's, Do you know the context? Is she like two weeks in and she's not losing?
0: So, yes. I don't even think it's that. So, one thing that I've found with people um, a lot that have asked me a lot of questions that are obviously she's newer to nutrition and probably not been through a lot of deficits in the past. I think people... A lot of people will think, like, as you start to lose a little bit of weight, you need to continue recalculating your mm-hmm. calories to find where your new set point should be with the calculations that you're given, right, for your deficit right. um, from there. And So, I think she's asking more from that context of, like, how often should I be, like, mandatorily dropping my calories, which, like, that question in itself has some flaw to it. I think we can
1: yeah,
0: sure. break that I would
1: that say down. adjust your calories as... With the least frequency possible,
0: mm-hmm. adjust
1: your calories as little as possible. Is what I mean to say. So, like, there's no need to again. Like, if you were losing, basically, what I do with my clients is we set a target rate of loss. Okay, this is about where we want to see you like losing, and then we're also looking at measurements, right, as another indication of change. If your body weight isn't changing at this, and if after like, and really like as few times as possible throughout the diet do we want to make an adjustment right like we always want to keep a client eating as much as possible for as long as possible again as long as they're following within like the parameters of okay this is about the amount of progress we want to see um so there's never a time like okay you've lost five pounds we're going to make this adjustment right it's like only when needed and i think one of the biggest things for coaches too is like making sure you're not like we'll always explain to our clients hey this is why we're not changing Crushing it on this intake, like you're getting stronger, you're getting leaner, and you're losing exactly the rate we want. So we're not gonna change anything. We're gonna ride this out literally as long as we can. Um so yeah, but then really what I would say is like when it does come time to make an adjustment, there's a week where we're seeing, okay, scale is stagnant, um, measurements are stagnant, then we'll dig into okay, what happened here, right? Like what's going on. And I will say a lot of times it's I think it's pretty rare across the course of a diet. Oh, so let's say like someone losing 25 pounds or less, you probably like with very good adherence, most people probably need one diet adjustment at most if you nail the initial macros, right? Um, And I don't know what your thoughts on that would be, but like I feel typically, so like an actual fat loss stall from metabolic adaptation. So like what I mentioned before, like if we look at, okay, the client's fat loss has stalled. um, Didn't see progress this week. If we look back and it's like, Okay, last week you saw a big drop. The week before you saw a big drop on these exact same macros, right? Like your metabolism slowing is a very, very slow process, right? Like as your body gets smaller over time, but it's a very gradual, like a creeping halt. So if you just saw quick progress on this a couple weeks ago, we're going to really like dig into – like if you just saw good progress two weeks ago, we're really going to dig into like how you're tracking accurately, making sure you're on point with steps, like all these different factors. And then really even then if it's like – is hunger present, Right? Then it's like, okay, we probably saw, like, maybe you're just retaining a little bit of water. Like, in a situation like that, I would almost always say, hey, let's give it another week, right? After we've troubleshooted all those things, we'll almost always, like, before that come upon, like, yeah, yeah like, at this weekend out. I don't know how accurate this was. Like, and then we can see – there's typically, like, a couple things like that that will come up. Um, whereas on the flip side, if you see, like, a client's rate of loss is slowing and slowing and slow like, creeping down by like okay last week you heard like three weeks ago you lost 1.75 that's a bad example like 0. 0.75 pounds now we're at 0. 0.5 this week we're at like 0. 0.3 and once you're losing at least a pound a week that's more a scenario where like okay you're probably just in metabolism adapt is adapting let's create a little bit de- bigger deficit to like get you back in the desired rate of loss but again like long answer short i would say adjusted it as little as needed
0: yeah i would agree 100 i just like i said before there's this weird misconception that every time you start to lose weight, you need to continuously be adjusting calories um, frequently. When, just as Jeremiah said, you want to adjust as infrequently as possible as long as you're making the progress that you want to. And then, like, let's say you do end up in a stall to where things are slowing down. I think it's important to realize that you have other options than just dropping calories, too. Like, whenever I'm working with somebody and they get to a point to where uh, maybe they were losing and we can see like the rate of loss is starting to slow down um, considerably. And I'm looking at adherence and lifestyle and everything's still on point. And it's like, okay, things are just slowing down considerably at this point. Like I always give clients the option, like whenever I'm coaching somebody, I'm like somebody slowing down. It's never okay. Decrease calories to hear and We'll continue to go. I always say, so we got a few different options here. We can either increase your step count. If you want to, like if you're doing six to 8,000, we need to, maybe we'll jump that to eight to 10 or 10 to 12, whatever it may be. Or we could add in, um, an additional type of cardio session. If you want to add like an additional type of some sort of a conditioning one to two days a week, we can look to do that. Or we can look to decrease calories, um, a little bit deeper. If you feel like you'd rather do that, than try to worry about increasing, um, your output in terms of, um, cardio in some sort of a way. Or if you need to as well, we can look to take a diet break for a, a a week all the way up to a month. If somebody's been in a deep... I just had this conversation with a client today. Shout out to Haley if you're listening to this, which you probably are. Um, we had this conversation about like you're getting deeper, right? You're about 40 pounds down at this point. And now we're sitting... Um, we started with calories at roughly i believe she was at like 1800 to 1900 and now she's currently at 1600 and we're still losing um but it's starting to slow down again so it's like okay we're to a point to where we're gonna need to take a diet break at some point so like the two choices i gave her was we can drop calories and go down to 1500 to 1550 um and leave that for a minute but like that's getting pretty low where your hunger's already there a little bit and like it's affecting you minusculely um we can drop and that's fine if that's what you want to do, but we have to have, this is probably going to be our last drop because I don't want to get you down to 1,400 and 1,300 and continue that process, right? So like that's as low as we're willing to take it. If you want to do that, we can and continue to grind if you feel like that's realistic or we can take the diet break now and try to go through a building phase for the next three months or so. And just kind of give them those different options and let them choose. Like from a coach's perspective, I always find adherence is way better when you give them the options of what's going to work best in their situation because it makes them a part of the process as opposed to like you just being the dictator of the situation, if that makes sense. And I'm sure you do the exact same thing, but um, for coaches listening, that that's my perspective on it.
1: No, 100%, man. That's, like, if you look at, like, the self-determination theory. So I love talking about, like, the science side of things. But I truly think, like, for both of us, a big part of what's made us successful coaches is, like, understanding, like, how to actually get buy in from people as opposed mm-hmm. to just, like, someone with macros. That's like, And that's one of the biggest things we do as well is, like, you just, like, info-dumping something on someone, like, hey, here's what we can do, here's why this will work, all these different things. Is so much different than like okay. Here's these couple of different options. Uh, now I want to tell you, I want you to tell me like, out of all of these, what you think would be the most effective? Like, what you think would be easy to follow through with? Or like, is there a different approach that you think would like be more effective? Yeah, because like even if they do choose the same thing as like what you would push them to do, which I would say in most cases, at least in my experience, clients typically do. But like them deciding, okay, this is what's best for me. This is what I need to do to go from point A to point B is so much more effective than, okay, Shaz told me I need to do this, so I guess I'll do it, right? Yeah. Like, there's so much more buy-in like
0: that. Yeah, I agree. And that's, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, the science matters 100%. But when it comes to coaching, the art of coaching is what allows the science to be effective. Absolutely. So,
1: yeah. I, I, I would say, too, like, again, like that, the science and all of the of like periodization within programming, nutrition is so important. It is so like interesting to me. But I think like the most beneficial, like the year or two, I would say two years, where I saw the most growth and like the most improvement in my clients' results was I got so deep into like habits, how habits are formed again, like self determination theory, um, motivational interviewing, which is like not shit that I ever talk about. But I know for me, that was when like I saw client results level up dramatically. And I think that's still like, which again is not really, I think you probably do a better job speaking to stuff like this and like putting it out there than I do. But I truly, that's probably like to be a good coach. Those are probably the most core skills you can learn.
0: Yeah. 100%. And for us, like I'm by no means, i I post a lot of content on this kind of stuff because I feel like it's the backbone to, like I said, the science being able to work. Um, but we've been having a conversation just within Lost and lifting of bringing in um, like somebody who's hiring somebody to put on the team. Who's like a true professional in this to where like they come into our, our groups with clients and have like, Oh, either bi-weekly or monthly, um, just like Zoom call with all of our clients to where like we go through a course, right? Like a like yeah. a mental health course or, or like a habit building course or something like that that's just on the back. And so like the person, I have a couple of interviews actually tomorrow with some people that we're looking to to bring in, to hire, to be this, fill this position for us, right? Like, so they're not going to work with one-to-one clients, but they're just going to come in on a monthly basis and talk to the loss and lifting family essentially to help with these different aspects because like for myself and for Alex, like we're big on this type of stuff and we're really working on getting better ourselves. But our main expertise is training and nutrition and the science of training and nutrition. Right. And so like we can talk about it all day, but bringing somebody in that is, this is what they do for a living. I feel like will be that missing piece to us to like complete, like the brand messaging almost and the experience for the clients that come through. So I'm super stoked for that.
1: I'm, I'm interested to hear more about that, dude. That's a great idea. I love it. Yeah,
0: And I, I haven't heard of anybody. It honestly, it wasn't me that brought it up. It was Alex's idea, and I was like, "Damn, that's a," because like I've always seen myself as like that character of the business. Do you know what I mean? But like, it's I do it the best that I can, but I'm not an expert in it, and I never claim to be. I've just tried to learn a lot from it. And so bringing somebody in and making them a part of the team, I feel like would just is almost like that missing link for our messaging. So I'm excited about it.
1: That's double interested. Here how it goes. Cool. Um, all right, I'm interested to hear how you answer this one as well. I'm just always curious how you make supplements and food fit your daily caloric intake. Say if you are in a calorie deficit,
0: how do you make it work? So for me, um, I honestly don't take any supplements at this point. I used Zero. to, huh? Zero protein powder. I don't know for, if that even out a I wouldn't That's- either. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Well, and I'll use from Legion, I'll use, um, I don't even use pre-workout at this point either, but I'll use their, what is it, their Nootropic, their- um, Oh yeah, Ascend. Yeah, Ascend. So I use that on Thursdays because I have sales calls. Um, on Thursdays are like strategy calls, right? And then I I just block out like a five hour period and only do calls one day out of the week. It's like, I have this five hour or 30 minute blocks to where I just talk with a lot of people about their fitness and their nutrition to see if, um, they'd potentially be a good fit to work with us. So I always pop those, um, like a half hour before I have to hop on those calls because I just have like, I need some energy right? I need to be clear for those. But other than that, at this point, I'm not... I don't use any supplements. I I know that there's supplements that I could be taking that would probably benefit me. It's just like the point of I'm just a minimalist at heart. Like I want to do the least amount that's going to create 90 to 95% of the result and I'm happy at the end of the day. And so, so yeah, I don't use any supplements, but that's kind of besides the point. As far as making foods work, I think for a lot of people, most people make this much harder on themselves than they need need to by taking too much of a flexible approach. And I am... Mm -hmm all for flexible dieting at the end of the day and making foods fit and and not like being on a meal plan and having to stick to clean foods only or anything like that. But what I found over the years is if you're just trying to diet flexibly and be on the whim day in and day out and staying a caloric deficit, one, it's going to be damn hard to hit your protein goal if you're if you don't have like a plan ahead of time in terms of food, you're going to be eating or having foods prepared and things like that. It can be really hard to hit your protein goal, and it's going to be really hard to make sure that you're satiated by the end of the night going to bed, not having to feel hungry. So, with most people that we work with, what we try to do is we look at um, like each meal, how many days per like setting up um, uh, like a ideal day template in terms of like these are the times of days that works best for me to be eating. Um and then in those times of days, like what do I have available for me to be able to eat? And then choosing like two to three options for like your breakfast, two to three options for your lunch, two to three options for the snack, two to three options for dinner, whatever it may be, and just keeping a few options that you like at each of those meals that make sense and not rotating them until you get sick of them. And if you get to a point like you get over a meal, um, having it for like one to two months inside of that rotation than just taking that meal out and switching it out for something else. One, it's going to make grocery shopping a hell of a lot easier. And two, it just takes away the decision fatigue and that game of Tetris of always trying to fit in random things and make the tediousness of tracking much worse than it really needs to be at the end of the day. So like that's kind of a broad overview. I'll let Jeremiah dig into that deeper if he's got anything.
1: Very similar to my answer as well, man. I couldn't agree more with like the flexible dieting thing. I think that flexible dieting is great but again i think that it gets taken way too far and that's even like a big thing we've changed in our coaching services like creating more structure and like hey like they're in this fat loss phase let's be a little bit less flexible right like and i'll even get using myself as an example of that like my first like really successful fat loss phase where i was tracking macros was very flexible i lost 30 pounds over nine months this fat loss phase was lost 20 pounds over nine weeks because i've like as opposed to like being very flexible now it's been like hey i'm gonna drink a good amount less like i would rather just get this shit done with yeah. uh, more or less just like you said that i created a meal template whereas like i still track my food so if i want to plug something else then i can but a lot of the days it's like okay i know what i ate yesterday i literally just repeat that today and yeah. okay at the end of the day i have to plug in my food so i don't break my my fitness pal streak but that's that's it like there's no thought and i think that for coaches listening, I think one of the things I found most helpful for like when you do have clients that are struggling to see progress, well, like it seems like they're taking all the boxes, but you they are like taking a lot more flexible dieting approach. One of the most helpful things I found is actually challenging. like, hey, let's together create like a quote unquote meal plan. I'm not giving you a meal plan. We're creating this together. And I'm going to challenge you to like adhere to this for this week. Like this is the structure you're going to follow through with um and of course you talk through so like hey if the situation does come up like we're still tracking so we can like work these other things in but like almost always then it's like oh shit like i was it looked like it was taking the boxes before but again like by doing this we've removed so much room for measurement error all these things that like okay all of a sudden the same macros work way better for you because again like we're better controlling the portions uh, so i think we're on the same page like, that's that's basically the same approach that we take
0: yeah exact same like in our um questionnaire or when clients are starting up with this one before we're building out welcome packets and nutrition guides and all this stuff one of the main questions that we always ask are um, what are the restaurants that you frequent the most often and like where are these are these like places that you're going for work lunch or where are the places that you're going on the weekends like if you're going out for social occasions that kind of stuff and then what are the foods that you generally like to eat the most of like through a, a just like in your every single week and then what we do in nutrition guides and like showing them what an I, again it's not a, um, um a meal plan but like an ideal type of day we're showing them how to plug those types of foods into um that day so that they just have a guide of the foods they already like fits their numbers by the end a few different options at each good to go so just getting a little bit less flexible i think is the easiest way to make the best way to make tracking not as tedious or hard
1: love it couldn't agree more i don't think i have anything else to add to that
0: cool i've got one more um i'm currently in a deficit but had three cheat meals last week should i reduce calories for you for a few days to make up for it
1: i'll say in this case probably not um i and again like i'm, I'm assuming like by the terminology is cheat meal is just like hey like fuck it i'm gonna eat whatever i want for this meal um i think like the thing to understand there is probably it's not going to be a week of a lot of progress if you had like three quote-unquote cheat meals and that's where again like i think that like not enough that's like this is like the exact opposite end end of the spectrum right where it's like okay not enough flexibility can come back to bite people as well whereas like hey if we have like you have this higher calorie day so we know we can work more foods in here like you don't have to feel like you're deprived or anything of that nature i would say in a situation like this i would first examine like Cause it doesn't sound like this was something that was structured in. like, why, why, why take three cheat meals in the first place? Right. And rather than like, I don't think that, okay, I'm going to cut my calories dramatically this coming week. Like I think in most situations where someone feels like they need a cheat meal, it's probably because they've been like felt deprived in the past. Would you agree with that?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: 100%. So like, basically you're just gonna be repeating the cycle and you're probably like after this, like, okay, that week went great. Fuck! Now I really want another cheat meal, right? And then it's just going to be a never-ending cycle. So it's like first examine what is it that's causing you to feel like you need to quote unquote cheat on your diet in the first place. And I think there is a lot there to like. If it's like, hey, these foods are super off limits, or I am just so fucking hungry all the time, like maybe you need to take a diet break, or maybe yeah. it's again like a more flexible approach where like, hey, I actually raise calories up, so you have more foods to work these more room to work these foods you miss into your nutrition in the first place. And you don't have to like take a cheat meal and really you'll probably see quicker progress if you're just like very consistent with your calories across the week, even if they're higher um, because there won't be like these random large spikes. I I would really again like examine like what caused you to do that in the first place. And that's like the thing that needs addressed.
0: I, I don't honestly think I have anything to add to that. I think that you nailed it. Just like at the end of the day, that's what matters most, addressing why the cheat meal is coming up, but then realizing with time, with all of us, if, you, if you're if you in a position, especially for people that have a decent, I mean, if you've got plus 20, 30, 40 pounds that you want to lose in this type of situation, I think going into your diet in the first place, just understanding that you're not going to be perfect either, right? Understanding that there's going to be times where you slip up. There's going to be times where you get off track or social occasions come up or, or you you don't You're just not on point with your diet. If you understand that this is a part of the process too, and the big thing at the end of the day, as long as you don't allow those cheat meals to turn into a cheat week or a cheat month, um, it's not going to screw you over in the long term. And so instead of trying to get into the binge restrict cycle that so many end up into where you go crazy for the weekend and then harshly restrict yourself through the week, which ends up causing another binge on the next weekend... Trying to come at it from that understanding with yourself of like, okay, even if I'm not perfect throughout this process, if I mess up, that doesn't mean that I need to, to completely restrict to make up that progress I lost. I just need to keep going and, and be aware of like what caused it. But more important than that, just keep going. Instead of thinking that I need to make all these drastic adjustments because I've ruined my progress, realize that over the long term, one, two, or three cheat meals isn't going to screw you over um, as long as you keep going. And when you look at it from that perspective, and for me, like it just, it always comes back to persistence is greater than perfection, right? We work with a lot of people that are in the situations where habits and mindset in positions where you just have cheat meals because that's what you've done your whole life and you're trying to break that cycle, right? And so it comes down to just understanding like, okay, maybe this is just a part of the process and there's going to be times where you didn't plan to get off track and you do get off track and you're human. You're not a robot. You're not going to be able to hit your macros perfectly day in and day out. And when you go from a, from that perspective, it gives you a little bit more balance it's a little bit more realistic to stick with it. It's not quite as overwhelming. You don't have this, this unrealistic expectation of yourself that doesn't need to be there to be perfect. And it just allows you a little bit more room to breathe, which then allows you to be a little bit more consistent over the long run.
1: Oh, for sure, Matt. And that's like we we attract a lot of like very perfectionist type A people. And that's again like the biggest one of the most common conversations I have as well. Is like, I I get it. I also hate the idea of something not being perfect. Uh But like you have to understand with your nutrition, there's literally no way for you to be perfect. Even if you hit your macros every day for a year in my fitness pal, again, like those animals, we don't know exactly what they ate. So like what says in fitness pal is 20 grams of protein might actually be 18 or it might be 22. Like no matter what, it's not going to be perfect. It's okay. I think that a lot of that with like, hey, should I or shouldn't I decrease calories after I've gone over? You can kind of like tell within the client's language if it's a good idea to actually like – do so or not so like some people will be like um like that like and i'm not sure how she approached or she or he approached this but like uh sometimes it's like fuck like i, I blew my calories out of the water i went way over like i gotta drop calories today i feel terrible about this and that's the situation where like hey like this isn't a good cycle though we're about to yeah. get into so no just get back on point you'll see weight drop like again like even in a single day, I will always work clients through the math of like, how many calories could you have possibly eaten? Right, like we saw weight spike three pounds. Like that's like we know your maintenance is three thousand calories. To gain a single pound, you had had to have eaten thirty five hundred calories on top of that. Like there's just no way you actually did that much, quote unquote, damage. So just get back on point, you'll see a drop. Yeah. Whereas on the flip side, like some clients that are looking at it very objectively, like, yo, like I want a bit over my calories. I decided to do this. Um, some people are just like you know. I know it's not a big deal either way. um I, I'm open to like dropping calories or like let's just keep it rolling. But I think that's like a situation where it's more like, hey, this isn't a big deal. There will be sometimes like let's say we have a deadline coming up and it is a client that's like has a much healthier relationship with it all. Like I know I didn't gain that much. I'm not too worried about it. um I would like to like continue to see like I figured I could just drop calories a bit this day and I like accounted for this. That's more a situation where it's like okay, yeah, like. I'm, I'm open to that as well. But I would say most of the times when that's like the first thing that comes to someone's mind is almost like, okay, it's probably not actually a good idea to do this.
0: 100%. I'm glad you pointed out the two distinctions too, because there are times like for people who are much more experienced and have been through the ringer already and been through the binge restrict cycle and have come out the other side. Like you can get to that point to where you can, you can rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak right. on the back end every once in a while. And that doesn't lead to anything negative in the long run as long as it's not something that turns into like a every week or every couple of day of occurrence then i think you're totally fine and it's just practicing balance over the long term but yeah i think that you you nailed that one man
1: dope i think that is all we got you got anything else
0: no i just appreciate you man i I enjoy these episodes every single month
1: likewise dude all right team as always thank you guys for tuning in and we will talk to you next time